Hey everybody, Patrick Connor here and welcome to the Knuckles and Gloves podcast. We're doing a little bit of retro action, a little bit of Manny Pacquiao, Juan Manuel Marquez. I'm here with my boy, Bryn Jonathan Butler. Yeah, Bryn, how are you doing, man? It's been a couple minutes. It has. It has. Well, it's, this is a f- interesting series of fights to go back to, four of them. So so I'm I'm into it, especially after, you know, Saturday night waiting fucking five hours to watch Tyson Fury uh, embarrass the sport of boxing like few have <laughs> ever. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was, I would say, somewhat embarrassing, needless to say, at least for him. I don't know if he necessarily embarrassed boxing, but he at least embarrassed himself. At least. But we won't take five hours to do the show. We're going to fly through four fights, but... You know, rewatching these fights, rewatching the fights between Manny Pacquiao and Juan Manuel Marquez, I have to say, I mean, I don't know if I went in with a bias. I don't know if I went in looking for something. Not really much changed on my cards. I still felt pretty much the same way as I felt when I watched them previously and scored them or whatever. But I did not mind rewatching them. Entertaining set of fights, especially uh, fights two and four, in my opinion. But I mean, you know, the way that these fighters match up they talk about fighters from history, Willie Pep, Sandy Sadler, Graziano Zale, who, you know, pair them. You know what I'm saying? Today's the anniversary of Ali Foreman. You know, Ali and several other fighters just matched well to make good fights or entertaining fights, interesting fights. That's Manny Pacquiao and Juan Manuel Marquez. Yeah, they're, they're really interesting individually, but to go back and go through them all the way through in a, in a linear fashion – of I didn't count up how many rounds altogether, but what I mean, thirty six and then six, so forty. You know, forty two. It it is just interesting to see the little variance in how both of them change a bit. The bodies change a little bit. I mean, famously in the fourth, <laughs> Pacquiao too in the second and third. Mm-hmm. That body, you can see its impact on how he's fighting. And knowing he's got different things that he's working with and how the confidence impacts both guys. And in that fourth fight as well, I mean, the fourth one is just a magical fight because there's so many back and forth in it and and revelations for both guys in real time. Because it's sort of like, okay, your body looks like this, Juan Ma, but how is this going to impact you? Is it going to slow you down? And then, you know, really it's two shots that Pacquiao didn't see made the entire fuse starts ticking. Yeah. And yet it's the best version of Pacquiao that ever fought him by far. And, and, and also as Marquez is dealing with the best Pacquiao he's ever seen, he is willing to take risks that he was never willing to take in the first three fights. So it's fun to just to holistically kind of look at this, the legacy of it and, and just think like, if a referee very reasonably in the first round of the first fight had said, you've been knocked down three times, it's a 10-6 round, let's just stop it here, we wouldn't have any of this. And that yep. would be a completely reasonable thing for a referee. Nobody would have bitched about it had that happened. Any of Marquez diehard fans would be like, well, he was knocked down three times in the first round and looked completely overwhelmed and outgunned. How could you think there would be anything left for this to, to go anywhere. Well, that's what we're looking at now is, uh, you know, 10 years worth of fights between these two guys. And they're all dramatically different, dramatically different to, to score and, and assess like the, the variables. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing, dude, because uh, as many people know, Manny Pacquiao, at least to most American fight fans, showed up pretty much out of nowhere. Um, he showed up first on a Mike Tyson undercard, which was, you know, I think enough of an introduction, but he wasn't facing anybody that U.S. fans were particularly familiar with. So needless to say, it was him overwhelming Marco Antonio Barrera that was like, that was the coming out party. That was when people, myself included, went, what the fuck just happened here, bro? Me too. He was completely overwhelmed, and Manny Pacquiao literally just burst onto the scene. Um, and so, you know, uh, a lot of people also forget, though, on Marquez's side, he had been around since the 1990s. He wasn't somebody who just showed up out of nowhere. It's just that he had had some ups and downs in his career prior to that early 2000s, mid-2000s run. And he had been around in the 1990s. Uh, you know, he he actually had some pretty glaring weaknesses in that early form of himself. Hadn't really matured as a fighter. Fought, for instance, Freddie Norwood. Dreadful fight. Uh, even throughout his career, he did not match up super great against fellow counterpunchers. And that was the case against Freddie Norwood. Terrible fight. But then after that, he actually went on a really solid run. He beat Robbie Peden in a fight where he beat the absolute shit out of Robbie Peden, hit him with so many body shots that Robbie Peden puked blood in the corner. They had to stop the fight because he's sitting there puking blood. There's actually, side note, little asterisk, in most commissions, if a fighter vomits in the corner, that's an automatic stoppage. But you didn't know that. Uh, Mantecas Medina, who is usually good for a distance fight, Marquez broke him down and stopped him. Uh, and then Derek Gaynor, who he famously like ran out of the ring. Derek Gaynor had been featured on a ton of Roy Jones undercards and pay-per-views and everybody hated him. He was super awful to watch every single time, but he'd get stoppages sometimes. And it was terrible because Derek Gaynor literally like ran sprinted from Marquez and Marquez just like damn near chased him out of the ring. So everybody was like, yay, you know, bye, get out of here. And that was kind of where we were when the first Pacquiao fight happened, everyone was rooting for Marquez because he got rid of these guys kind of cleaned out a little portion of the division, but Manny Pacquiao, who the fuck is this guy? You know, where did he come from? So this clash was something that a lot of hardcore fans knew about, but it definitely was not, it was not mainstream. Neither fighter was a mainstream fighter at this point when the first fight happened. So that's part of what I think makes this first fight a little bit, a little bit more magical. Because it's got a little bit more of like a hardcore tinge to it, you know? It's a great point. Because on paper, if you looked at Pacquiao going into Barrera, Americans didn't know him. And they didn't know the Philippines. You know, they didn't know all that he was going to bring to the sport to revolutionize boxing and transcend the sport. Here we are 20 years later, bro. And like, can you fucking imagine everything that's happened? Sorry to interrupt you, but oh my God. No, it's 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 just true. And the Jimmy Kimmel stuff, like he is such an unbelievable, love lovable character. And I mean, even going into this Marquez fight, I mean, my first note is look at his face going into it. You're like, who who is this guy? This isn't boxing. This is not solemn. This is not all the the dark adages that we hear about what needs to forge a boxing. Well, Pacquiao had all that. He probably had it worse than any any of the American horror stories that forged our fighters. He's selling donuts on the street. The family dog is is eaten when they they run out of, run out of all money, sort of thing. And yet he is so joyous and life affirming as he's coming out. The pride of his country is just coming out with his huge smile. You're like he's he's going to get killed. You're not allowed to fight this way. 
right? You need to be Mike Tyson going into Spinks. The the chains were hearing rattling of the soundtrack and everybody's saying, this is the ultimate sort of entrance. Well, Pacquiao's the opposite. Pacquiao is is uh, like a, a, a karaoke with all your friends just having, you know, the best times of, of just nothing to worry about. That's how he looks when he's going out to the ring. And and yet, I mean, as you mentioned with Barrera, he went into that a pretty serious underdog. Um, this is a guy who was knocked out from people nobody had ever heard of back in the Philippines. He started super young and it's like, well, you're already 25 years old coming into the Marquez fight. Like we should know really who you are. You should be established by now. Little did we know where this guy is going to go and have one of the great runs in the history of the sport. And going into this, I think people, I mean, my, my barber was a person who lived in my basement, who is of Filipino descent from Manila. He was telling me about Pacquiao before Barrera. And I was like, yeah, okay. I get that you're proud of your countryman who's a fighter. And then I saw Barrera and I was like, I, I, I haven't witnessed anything like this where I didn't know who you were. And now I have to, you see it in, you know, Julia Robertson, pretty woman goes from, I've never heard of this person to the biggest star in the world within 20 seconds that's the effect Pacquiao had on boxing was what Julia Roberts was the Hollywood Pacquiao was after Barrera was this is this just cannot be happening Barrera is a hall of famer who is this good so after that for him to take on Marquez um coming into this I mean they're they're 125 pounds we also have to remember that we really didn't care as Americans particularly about this weight class particularly this was a really hard sell to get anybody to give a shit about so him coming in with this sort of enthusiasm which is a through line throughout his career um this is a really very contrary figure to what we've been conditioned to think boxers need to be to be really good it, it it's the closest thing i think we have is sort of ali in certain moments where there's a joy behind what he brings to to the fight a lot of dark stuff too obviously with him attacking his opponents but there was a huge joy fact that was the greatest smile in the world i mean i think as somebody wrote there was a sniper who was going to kill him and saw him smiling and couldn't do it whether it's true or not, we can all kind of believe, even somebody who wanted, had in their heart to kill Ali, that smile just could change anybody's mind about him. So Pacquiao has that similar quality. And, and going into this, I, I mean, I wasn't sure that their styles would, would kind of mix in a way that would be that compelling. And right away from the first second, you're going to see what is the entire series of fights. It's so close. It is just so close what the speed and athleticism and style of Pacquiao is to the intelligence, poise, technique, timing, and willpower of Marquez is. This clash is something that they're just, it, it's its own version of attrition in just stylistic attrition. So yeah, it's it, to get started, knowing where it's going to end is was a really weird experience with this first round. So So what did you see just going quickly through this? Um, well, I noticed that uh, both, number one, this is something that I'm going to point out that you might not have noticed or might not have consciously thought of, but now that I'm saying it, it's one of those things that you're going to notice all the time and go, ah, shit. Both Marquez and Barrera have this, have this tendency, and uh, they're not the only ones, but them specifically, they have this tendency when they're fighting, and especially when they're fighting in the distance, to do this hopping when they reset. 
So they like, you know, do this type of thing when they reset. And Manny Pacquiao kept catching them both when they were doing that shit, number one. Mm -hmm. But from the outset, both of them kept trying to time Pacquiao's left hand as natural counterpunchers. They're waiting for the left hand. And both of them made the mistake of thinking, you know, it was coming a uh, kind of orthodox for a southpaw, you know, in the yeah. usual southpaw way. And it didn't. Pacquiao is super fast and he throws it in a way that is not like the normal southpaw. The normal southpaw is not throwing that shit like a fastball. And Pacquiao is, but he's throwing it per, like really accurate and it goes a lot farther than either of them were expecting. So Marquez got nailed with a couple left hands even early and and kept trying to counter. But then the second he got nailed with that left hand that put him down the first time, it was like, I think that even though he, uh, he obviously had the realization like, oh shit, that was a lot faster than I thought. Like he still was trying to adjust when he got up and Pacquiao gave him no time. Yeah, I mean, I, I was trying to figure out a way to describe that left hand of Pacquiao's because it's unusual. And he's so one-dimensional also at the, the first two fights. In the first, the yeah, fight. at the first fight especially, yeah. You, you just go, Jesus, the guy who was fighting, I mean, all of these super famous fights he's going to go on to have against De La Hoya, Hatton, um, where that hook comes into play. Once he has an actual, more than a jab, but a weapon up front my i mean he's so difficult to deal with i mean you see it in the fourth fight but early on i mean he looks like a quarterback trying to throw a 50-yard pass with that straight left he kind of runs in and just is chucking it over and he's so quick i mean his feet are so quick and and the fire of yeah, it he too. closes distance so fast incredibly incredibly and you can see it like if you've ever been around him sparring or watch him sparring it's something to see how quick that guy is. I mean, not just the hand speed, which is blinding, but the feet, the the, the distance closing. So it takes a lot for guys to 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 really measure that when you're actually in with it, as opposed to watching it. Very very different proposition. So yeah, I, I mean, I had Marquez beginning very tense and very serious, and Pacquiao looks quite awkward. His balance is not great. Early on, you're going to see him really gain a lot of balance as he gains weight through the successive fights. The the weight and, and how it impacts his anatomy really is contributing to him being a much more stable fighter, both offensively creating feints, head movement, but also after he's throwing punches, he's not as wildly off balance as he is in this first one. But off the bat, you're you're right. I mean, he he catches... Marquez with these shots because Marquez has just never dealt with anybody with this kind of speed and the ability to close the distance and the rhythm is just totally off for Marquez he can't time him he doesn't have enough athleticism to implement the technique and the strategy yet he hasn't made that adjustment which he will make uh, profoundly so which is what makes this first one so interesting but it it's staggering to see you know by the the third knockdown marquez is hurt he i mean there's a point where he puts his hands on his head looks like he's in a soap opera just kind of crying for a moment uh, it looked but, like he was gonna just give up yeah that's what i mean i'm not that he was crying but i just mean it looked like the gesture of how yeah. you just collapse in tears um it was just that he was so stunned by what was happening so we're like oh it's brera again except it's more emphatic and manages to get up slowly up at eight and um Pacquiao it's just a 10-6 round I was trying to think when have I 
when have I seen a 10 six round? I, I can't even remember re- really. So you're just, yeah, they don't, how- <clears throat> they don't generally get to that point. Cause usually if the, if it's going to be a 10, like usually that, that fight gets stopped. Usually it, it, these days, you know, you read about fights from like 1931 where there's like 19 knockout knockdowns in one round. And you're like, Holy shit. How did that happen? You know, but like that doesn't happen now. That's never going to happen now, but that's why you don't see those rounds. Yeah, I totally agree. And if I was a referee, I would have stopped it after three. With what with what was happening in the last half of that round, it's a miracle that the referee wasn't like, what's the, what's the point of doing this? This is just abuse. I mean, think of how many stoppages we've seen in the last five years where it's just, uh, I mean, I'm even Wilder getting stopped against Fury sort of thing in the second fight. So, I mean, second round, mm-hmm. Pac, Pac is stalking. I mean, he's firmly convinced it's going to be a Barrera situation again and he is landing but Marquez is alert and he is beginning to make adjustments and he is beginning to time him much more effectively and then his nose starts gushing so he's like ah it's over again there's no way he's going to recover because if it's coming out his nose he's swallowing a lot of blood this is a bad from that point on his mouth is uh, you know the, the whole fight he has his mouth wide open yeah and, and I mean, even going into the third, Marquez is starting to counter more effectively, especially to the body. End of the round, he's landing some big shots on Pacquiao, um, and the flow begins to change right away. And you're just thinking, no, 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 this has to go back to what Pacquiao did in the first round, and it never is, which is a, a weird feeling. Like, again, some of these great fights that we've gone back to look at, there's a feeling of inevitability, and yet there's surprise. At the same time, when you're watching some of these things, because like Pacquiao, that guy has to come back and he just doesn't. And yet you you start moving into fandom with Marquez because like, how did this guy have the balls? And it, it and, doesn't even and, look like the same fight, you know? No, it doesn't. It, does, it becomes a completely different fight. So it's, al- it's almost like the first round was the first fight. And this is the rematch where you go, oh, Marquez, what a brilliant thing. But it's within the same fight. So, yeah, I mean, even the fourth round, Suddenly, Marquez is not just rebounding. He is dominating. It is his pace. He has complete control. The output is slowed dramatically with both fighters. And you're going, does Pacquiao have a plan B? Because the plan A is not going to work anymore. Marquez has solved that. So does he have any other questions he can ask Marquez? And it doesn't look like Pacquiao does. Pacquiao seems very one-dimensional going into the fifth, and Marquez just gets more poised. The pace slows even more. Um, and there's some there's some really good exchanges. At, at, by the fifth round, there's some bombs that both guys are throwing. And Marquez reverts back to sort of countering in a way that's taking some more risk. Um, but, I mean, how did you see by, by the fifth? So um, basically the way that I scored the first fight was that Manny Pacquiao obviously got a 10-6 round. Um, and, you know, you, I'm happy you mentioned inevitability because we're talking about the inevitability of progress versus the surprise of Larry Merchant dropping the, the occasional racist bomb like Manny Pacquiao is coming at Marquez like a typhoon across the Pacific. Yeah, that gets the Bob Sheridan Award for I would love to say the N-word in private as I do, but in public, this political correctness. You know, that's, that's the, which is second to the, that's how just things were back then award. 
So that's yeah. good gravy, Larry. I yeah, mean, Bob Sheridan meritorious award of conduct. We don't have better. Come on. But regardless, uh, I saw obviously 10-6 round in the first round for Manny. I gave him the second round, but I thought the second round was close because Marquez actually rebounded really well for a guy who got knocked down three times. But I started kind of thinking, am I just scoring this because he did better? You know, I'm not sure if he won the second. But through six rounds, I gave Marquez rounds three, four, five, and six. So Manny Pacquiao got the first two. Marquez gets the next four. And it's starting to look like, <clears throat> look, I, I, I noted in almost almost all of these rounds, apart from the first, that Pacquiao is not fighting with a lot of urgency. He's not really fighting like a guy who knocked down his opponent, you know, like he might have broken his nose a few rounds ago and really hurt him. Uh, he starts boxing with him. The pace slows. And it's almost as if Manny believes he can win this kind of fight with Marquez. And straight up, he can't. He didn't. Yeah, I not those rounds anyway. Yeah, and I see that point, but I I found that I was in all four of these fights, and I'm not usually aligned terribly closely with Harold Letterman, but I really was with these four fights because I do feel like you have to give Pacquiao the credit with meaningful aggression because it's just harder to fight that way than what Marquez is doing, which doesn't mean I don't respect the Marquez position of countering, letting letting the aggressor come in. But if you're getting outlanded and, and outthrown consistently, and the only action is a result of Pacquiao's aggression, when those rounds were close, I just had to give it to Pacquiao. So I think I agree with you, 10-6 in the first one. I, and I don't know how you could not score that 10-6, because that does become an issue where one judge scored a 10-7. Wasn't that right? <clears throat> that actually became a big post-fight talking point. I remember Doug Fisher having having to field a number of questions about that because one judge scored at 10-7, and that made the difference in the draw. But, like, you know, a lot of people were arguing, arguing well, kind of like how we were talking. If you're going to score at 10-6, then the fight should just be stopped. And as we saw, that was not the case. You know, <laughs> so it, was, it was abundantly clear it was a 10-9 round. And then there were three knockdowns. So I just, just basic arithmetic. Um, second round, I gave it to Pack just for aggressiveness and and it also resulting into the blood gushing and stuff like that. I think that input impacts judges and myself also. Um, third round, really clear Marquez. Fourth round, Marquez. Fifth round, I thought it was really close, but I gave, I gave a slight edge to Pacquiao. Sixth round, um, Marquez just lands like a catapult of a right hand. I thought and, that that was nearly a 10-8 round for Marquez. Like he like beat the crap out of Pacquiao for the last minute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I I agree. Um and and just that Marquez is so careful with his application of aggression. He's just not careless. And and I think also just the way he's controlling the crowd, like the crowd is so into this fight with what the style is between these two guys, add something to this fight that's unusual. Um, Cotto used to have that all the time, Trinidad more than almost anybody. But it, 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 the crowd is an element in this fight, I think, with the judging, just because I, it's hard to appreciate it, I think, I, not that I was there. But I mean, you have even the announcers kind of basking in a really unusual atmosphere of intensity between these two guys. So I wonder how much that imp impacted the two judges, but 
by the sixth round, I mean, amazingly, Marquez is back to in, on my scorecard within a point. He won the sixth round. I had it. But I mean, I have it 56, 55 by the, by the midway point. You're just kind of like, how did a guy come back from a 10 six round? It's such a hill to climb. And in the seventh, he wins another one. He's just too dynamic for Pacquiao. And Pacquiao clearly just does not have another plan. And Roach is not even advising him to really do anything. Um, it, it, it's like they haven't even gotten to that point in training yet. No. You know what I mean? Like they probably hadn't even gotten there yet. No, it's, it's, it's exactly like there's some, I remember like some seasons in baseball, not that I'm a big baseball fan, where you'd fall in love with a guy who just crashes all these home runs really early and pitchers are like, okay, he can hit the fastball. Can he hit anything else? And he can't. And that's the end of his career. And that's what Pacquiao looks like. Pacquiao looks like a guy who knows how to hit one pitch and anything else he's confused by and just doesn't have any answers. So, yeah, I mean, by the seventh round, I have it even at that point. Yeah, I in in the, going into the eighth, yeah, I obviously scored round seven for Marquez too. And then in the eighth, though, um, that's when I started kind of clashing with what the commentators were saying, or at mm. least what some of them were saying. Um, cause I thought that Marquez was doing fairly well. Pacquiao was aggressive, but he kept trying to measure for the left hand and he just couldn't quite get it landing a uh, flush. He was glancing with a lot of it. Now they did make a good point that it also doesn't even necessarily have to land to be effective because he's, he's so strong and because of the way he throws it. However, he wasn't landing it very flush. And that being said, Lampley said at one point in the round, like right after Marquez lands like two or three really good combinations, Lampley's like, this round's up for grabs. And I was like, is it? Is it? Okay. And Manny Stewart, like seconds later, he's like, no, I'm pretty sure Marquez is winning this round. And I'm like, yeah, you tell him, Manny. Come on, bring Lampley back to earth here. What is he talking about? You know, because there were some close rounds and close exchanges. I just didn't think that was one of them personally. But in any case, uh, Marquez has obviously turned things around or at the very least enough so that uh, the fight just looks like a, a different kind of fight. Yeah, eighth, eighth round, Pacquiao is just getting more and more cautious and none of his caution is going to win rounds. There's Yeah, there's, he's there's, wary of getting countered at this point. Yeah, yeah. I got some crazy cat action going on. <laughs> they're not wary of getting countered. No, they're not. Feral cat versus domestic cat. Um, but no, Pacquiao's getting more cautious and measured and calculated. None of it's working to his benefit. <laughs> um, he, he's trying to become more tactical, but this is not a war that he can win with, with Marquez. Marquez is the smarter guy. They keep referring to him sort of as a professor in this fight, but it's true. Pacquiao, that is not his way to win his athleticism not that he doesn't become a much smarter fighter you're going to see that in the fourth round sorry the fourth fight where i think pacquiao has come up with a strategy with roach that perfect not perfectly but is way more effective against marquez where marquez really struggles to answer even with his enhanced physique through all that preparation and nothing else and of course not performance enhancing drugs but yeah eight drink round, and piss that's all you know yeah yeah, so Marquez, I have him finally taking the lead by the eighth round. And uh, ninth round, you're starting to see don't back up from the corner. Like the, the two corners are don't back up to Pacquiao and knock him out discussions in the other corner. Um, Pac Pacquiao just cannot fight backing up. He There's a Tyson analog here. 
whenever Tyson was made to back up or even just st st stay where he was, he's losing fights. He didn't win any of those fights. And Pacquiao, for different reasons, is similar. He he is just not, it doesn't work to any of his strengths to back up or to be a counterpuncher. He is like Tyson, a counterpuncher at times as a pressure counterpuncher. And I think that's his best look. I think that's him at his absolute best, Spence, especially once he has a new tool with, with the hook to offer as well and, and more of a body attack. Here, it just really is the, the Hail Mary left hand over and over and over and over again. Um, but I gave Pacquiao the ninth round. I thought he did enough. It was very, very close. Um, but I thought he was just, just his added effort. He is making a real attempt to come back, even if he's not that effective. I, I gave him the round just for the initiative he took to try to turn the tide. I and, gave that to Marquez, but put an asterisk on it. And like, I was like, really I was, it was pretty close. Really, really close. And uh, 10th, Pacquiao begins to finally uh, mm -hmm. find his range. Mm -hmm. And he is trading with Marquez late in the round. Pacquiao begins to get the better of those exchanges. Yep. And his aggression has come back. So I, I thought Pacquiao, at the end of that round, uh, Marquez is asked by his corner, did he hurt you? And that was telling, I thought, because even if his side is seeing that. So finally, Pacquiao is back up in the fight on my scorecard going into the 11th. And uh, and then, of course, it just goes right back. Pacquiao's left gets neutralized. Marquez makes a great push at the end once again to steal the round. Yep. And going into the 12th, I have it even. So, I mean, that's the nature of this fight. It's It's so weird. Yeah, uh, I, uh, gosh, how would I have had it going into the, I guess I would have had it um, 103, 102. So nearly even going into the 12th, uh, very, very close. But then I gave the 12th to Marquez. Uh, I thought he, for the most part, controlled the round. Um, Manny was trying to break through, but almost kind of like stopped once he realized his left wasn't getting through. So... <clears throat> My final score wound up being 114-111 Marquez, but I could have obviously with that round swinging the other way, 113-112. Uh, and if you didn't like one of the rounds I scored for Marquez, you could see 113-112 Pacquiao. I mean, it's a damn close fight. Yeah, I mean, I see your point too. I have very close round is the first thing I've written about it. Both are trying to press. Both are trying to take the fight. I think both know it is up for grabs. I thought Pacquiao had a little bit more pressure. So he's taking more risks to try to, to try to take it. So I very, very slightly gave him the round, which gave him a one point edge overall in the fight. But again, there are three, three rounds in that fight that I would have no problem if you either scored them even or gave them to Marquez as well. And and just obviously the story, the the overall story of the fight is that it was a pretty good fight. Oh, no, it was a very good fight. No, I'm, I don't want to downplay and say it was all right. No, it was, it was a very good fight. But the overall story, the main kind of story or sticking point was the fact that Marquez got up from three hard knockdowns. And I might add on the third knockdown, not to kind of like rub salt in anybody's wound, but Manny did give him a real nice forearm as he's down on the ropes after the knockdown, then could have gotten a little extra time for that. I, yeah. Who knows? Maybe the extra time would have just gotten him knocked out. But regardless, uh, in any case, he got up from those knockdowns and not only did well, but like won the majority, even if you scored, it sounds like you still scored the majority of the rounds for Marquez, but that's a massive knockdown oh, round. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that just tilts it, you know, huge. So yeah. in any case, uh, that's that's Juan Manuel Marquez, obviously a fucking monster. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have it by points and instead just do it by rounds, Marquez wins that fight easy for for me. But that first round was just such a deficit given given what Pacquiao was able to accomplish. But then you you have to give what what Marquez was able to accomplish for the remainder of the fight was absolutely incredible. I mean, just just the same way that we're marveling about what Fury did getting up off the canvas against Wilder in in that second and third fight. I mean, whatever he accomplished there, I think Marquez's is more impressive in many ways. Uh, and against a better fighter too. Yeah, way way better fighter. <laughs> I um, mean, you know, just saying. <laughs> Um, so going in the second fight, we're talking four years later, they move up and wait to 130. They step into the ring at 141 and 145 pounds, respectively. Um, Marquez has fought seven fights since the first one. He went six and one with two knockouts. Uh, Pacquiao went seven and one. And this is the Pacquiao that, you know, just this unprecedented run that we're kind of in the midst of. And I think the big question here was how much of an anomaly was this first fight for Pacquiao? Is is he still yeah. going to have the same struggles? Um, I think all the questions were there for most of us rather than with Marquez. I mean, in all of these fights, other than in the fourth one with Marquez having this added power from this new body, Marquez is Marquez. Like he he's the the commentators are talking about him as the greatest counterpuncher in the sport. I think that's a little you know Mayweather's the best counterpuncher. I think there's other there's other guys who are in contention for that role, but um, it is it is interesting going into this one um, that Pacquiao's body and development is apparent right off the bat. He he's different than the first fight. He just does seem to have balance and a punch selection that he he's he's growing as a fighter. He's advancing. He's learning. He's developing. And Pacquiao just seems to have a lot of solid control, um, bringing bringing almost to the the end of the first round. You're just kind of like, ooh, I don't know that Marquez is going to be able to deal with this this new guy, because I think Pacquiao is going to become very confident after what he's added to this equation. It's it's funny because um, <clears throat> I'll be brief. But a, an aspect to this rematch that a lot of people might forget is that they tried to have an immediate or at least much sooner rematch between Pacquiao and Marquez. But Nacho Beristain, who is Juan Manuel Marquez's trainer and at the time his manager too, uh, was negotiating on his behalf and I guess didn't like the money that was being offered to Marquez's side. And they were like, nah we're going to go defend the belt actually against Chris John in Indonesia. And I think it was something like 30 or $35,000 he got paid. And so he went and lost his belt to Chris John over in Indonesia for 30 grand. Not a good deal at all, bro. Regardless, in the meanwhile, Manny Pacquiao had defeated, he lost to Eric Morales in the first fight, great fight, but then yeah. beat the ever-loving crap out of him in the subsequent fights and then defeated Marco Antonio Barrera in the rematch in the meanwhile. And like you said, it was raising his profile significantly, also raising his muscles significantly, needless yeah. to say, but yeah. also developed as a fighter. And that's something that becomes apparent very quickly in this rematch. Uh, for instance... Round one, right off the bat, Manny starts out jabbing. 
<laughs> just that in and of itself was a change. Yeah, and then going in the second, you're thinking, okay, this is the new flow of, of what this fight is going to be. The first one's going to be determinative. And it's not. It gets flipped very quickly. Pacquiao clearly has more weapons. His foundation is a lot better. He's harder for Marquez to time. And then all of a sudden, Marquez buckles Pac with a three-punch uh, combo to end the round. And you go, oh, it's going to be this. Here we again. go again. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> what the I fuck? thought we had this figured. There's no yeah, logic to it. Yep. And third round, Marquez keeps up the momentum with a big right hand. He lands after the first minute. Manny keeps clapping. I mean, again, we're back to this weird energy that Pacquiao and brings. And that's the worst thing for him, though, because it's like he's acknowledging that you just landed on him. And it's like, dude, don't do that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And Pacquiao is just dealing with Marquez having these sharp counters, and he just doesn't know how to deal with it. Um, and then, and then his athletics, and then he takes chances. And again, that's, what's so great about Pacquiao is when he gets confronted by this, he, part of what makes him so difficult to deal with, A, he has a tremendous chin, um, but he also never doubts himself ever. He is always fighting to win to, to his detriment at, at times. Like he's reckless. He, that is just his nature. He is a gambler. He is willing to bet everything um at any given moment sort of thing so he, pacquiao begins to get the better of two exchanges with marquez lands and follows up and then pack drops him and um pack almost drops marquez again at the end of the round the ropes keep him up it should have been scored a a, a, a knockdown because the ropes clearly quite possibly kept him up i thought they did um and marquez is hurt and goes to the wrong corner as a result of the punishment he's had. So again, you're like, now where is it going? Because Marquez, I mean, for all I was saying about Pacquiao's strength of character, his willpower and determination, Marquez is just as much. I mean, these four fights, as much as they're a battle of skill, are equally interesting as a battle of willpower between these two guys. I mean, as Marquez took a fucking beating in the fourth round, in the fourth fight, as well he never looked like it was like oh i don't know what to do here it's like the the mentality is to go out on the shield for both guys and that energy is part of what makes this combination so electric in all four fights too but i mean here we go again third round 10-8 round for pacquiao he's up by two and uh and in the fourth marquez comes back and he's suddenly disciplined and um you know is risking getting beat in order to try to win this fight. He doesn't have the speed, but he does have the timing, which he's desperately trying to zero in on in order to overcome the detriments he has in athleticism. Um, and then there's a firefight after two minutes. So it, the fight goes just in a completely different haywire direction than what we've seen or what we could have anticipated. And it's very, very close. Yeah. Um... It, for whatever reason, I, I made a note too. like, I, I don't know why this is, but I keep noting like when the HBO commentators are talking nonsense, but that was one round where they were for whatever reason, they kept mentioning Manny Pacquiao's athleticism. And the, in the meanwhile, Marquez was like lighting him up and shit like that. And they're like, he's so athletic. And I'm like, what bro, he's hitting him. What the fuck? But regardless, uh, like I said before, for whatever reason, Manny Pacquiao kept like acknowledging that Marquez was landing punches. And I'm like, yeah, Dude, you're making it easy for me here. 
I gave the round four for Marquez, but close. But a, a lot of it was on the strength of that final minute where he was lighting him up and Manny Pacquiao was kind of like, okay, you know, hitting his gloves together like, oh, you know, you're hitting me. And I'm like, dude, damn, all right. But uh, regardless, point was, we're going back and forth here, dude. You know, the the yep. way that they're they're battling it out. And like you said, it's a battle of will. It's a battle of skill, athleticism on all of these levels. Um, except for you can see that when the fight settles down, that's kind of like the overarching theme here is that when the fight settles down, when the pace slows down, it almost across the board favors Marquez. And that's the pace yeah. he wants. He wants time to think. He wants to be able to time Manny Pacquiao and kind of tame him a little bit. As they say, the old adage, you know, uh, skill beats power and blah, 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 but, you know, speed and all that stuff. But timing can beat speed. And that's kind of what we're looking at here is Marquez timing beating Pacquiao's speed for a lot of these rounds. And this is why counterpunchers, I mean, people in boxing appreciate them. People outside boxing, not so much. Because, it, it, you know, Rico was widely thought of as the most boring fighter in the world. But look what he could do to, to fighters that were renowned as offensive juggernauts. Shut them off. And Floyd could do the same thing. Just shut them off. Their punch output. They're aware if they punch, they get conditioned that they're going to get hurt every time they throw something. And Marquez is the same. And this is a, you know, very, very difficult role to occupy effectively is to, to be, be willing to take the chance of somebody advancing or even lure them in as Floyd has his guard in That's a way. That's why you see so many fighters get hemped trying to do it because it's, Absolutely. it looks easy and it's incredibly difficult. Yeah, I mean, Nonito Donaire and Rigo going into that, think about where Donaire was in the boxing landscape. ESPN fighter of the year, scintillating knockouts, one round with Rigo, he went, I don't know what to do against this. And I know Undressed. I'm going to Yeah, I just don't know what to do. I, I thought he's supposed to be the amateur and and have no idea what to do with me. Um, and, you know, it's it's interesting to see with Marquez because there's a part of me that gets annoyed because it's, it's Pacquiao who has to take the risks in this Marquez knows if he fought aggressively, he's going to lose to Pacquiao every round. He's not going to get the better of the exchanges fighting that style. And, and there's no reason he should necessarily, but it's also one of the reasons why Marquez was not more beloved by Mexic by Mexican fans when they had other Mexican fighters fighting the conventional stereotypical Mexican style balls to the wall risk and everything Marquez you go well, I appreciate it but but is it really something that I'm going to stay up to watch um so uh yeah I mean I have sixth round Pacquiao's getting just thoroughly outboxed by Marquez um sharp shots and uh, let's see seventh round uh let's see Marquez is fighting fighting with a lot of resistance to the energy that Pacquiao is trying to muster, but he is just more intelligent, turning it, like as you say, when the pace gets slowed down and this becomes a chess match, Pacquiao just does not, is not able to figure out what to do. And um, I guess by the end of the seventh round, I thought Pacquiao was able to take more risks in order to get the intensity amped up with with the flow of action and as soon as he does that as we're saying marquez everything favors him as it slows down as soon as it speeds up 
Pacquiao seems to be getting the better of the exchanges. So I gave Pacquiao that round. I now have him going into the eighth up two rounds. But again, I think there's a lot of close rounds here as well. I think we've scored it the same except for that that last round, which I gave to Marquez, but said it was close because I had noted mm-hmm. that Pacquiao was uh, breaking through with a number of his left hands. But uh, Marquez was doing a good job fighting him off. But it's just that in kind of like how you were just mentioning in those moments when Pacquiao was breaking through and the pace started picking up, that was obviously better for him. And Marquez was doing a lot better than you would expect him to, but he was still getting hit with uh, punches and it wasn't the, it wasn't the kind of fight that he should have been fighting. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think that if you gave that to Pacquiao, I totally understand that, but here we go in the round eight. And basically I noted that uh, Manny Pacquiao was trying all round long to make something happen, but he was walking into shots. Yeah. I mean, 24 seconds in, he faints a a hook, lands a deadly right hand and Pacquiao is hurt. And Marquez is beginning to dominate at this point with just stinging shots. And you're thinking, where the hell are we headed now? Like there's just so many sh- shifts in this that are not even shifts, they're sea changes from round to round where just the complexion of the fight turns into something where you just, there's nothing building up leading you to think it's going to become that. And and in the ninth, I mean, again, Pacquiao recovers, clips yeah. Marquez. Um, and the momentum- Gets some nice momentum going, yeah. Yep, it's totally shifted again. Great exchange at the end of the round. Pacquiao, for me, took the round. And in the 10th, Pacquiao lands um, the shot that Marquez would knock him out with in the fourth fight. Just almost exactly times it. And um, with 16 16 seconds in, it's just a massive shot. And and lands another left with one, one minute later and then another 45 seconds later, like it suddenly looks like Pacquiao is going to take this fight and Marquez has run out of answers. Yep. So I have Pacquiao now with a bit of a cushion going into the 11th of three rounds that I have him up. Uh, Yeah. And I, and I guess I, I think I have him narrowly at this point, Manny Pacquiao narrowly up. Um might be even regardless I'm with you on how it's been scored the last few rounds because Manny Pacquiao has clearly got the momentum he's broken through with his left hand Marquez is bleeding from his uh over his right eye he's a little bit swollen he's again looking like he's having trouble breathing with his mouth open I think a lot of it is having to fight his way through but also getting hit in the face and it's swelling up doesn't feel good round 11 um again Marquez is walking Pacquiao into his right hand. He's just, it's just not having the effect that he wants it to have in this fight. In the first fight, it was like Manny Pacquiao was like getting hit, bewildered, eyes rolling around. Whoa. You know, in this fight, he's eating it. Um, It's, it's still obvious that he's eating it, but he's eating it and coming right back. Uh, And so Manny Pacquiao kind of started responding with his own offense um, and Pacquiao actually started blocking a number of Marquez's right hands later in the round. And I thought that it was a close round, but a round that Pacquiao took. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, I just thought Marquez just had this tractor beam with his right hand suddenly <laughs> between his right hand and, and, or, or Marquez had a tractor beam for Pacquiao's jaw with his right hand. It was just so dialed in. 
Um, and then there's a flurry at the end of the round, but I didn't think Pacquiao did enough. So I thought Marquez took that round. I thought Marquez controlled the 12th round. About 85% of it was his round. Mm -hmm. I also gave it to him. And then I had, I had a note because it reminded me a little bit. I did cross country for a couple of years at the end of high school. And one of the things that used to drive me crazy about it was as with boxing, you have to pretend like you're not in pain or tired with people that you're competing against. You have to make them think the pace you're running is comfortable for you, trying to break them of whatever pace is too uncomfortable for them. And what some of the really smart runners would do is they'd run behind you and draft. They'd just wait the entire race to let you have that added 15, 20% of resistance running into the wind. And they'd be, they'd be right behind you and just maintain that until the last hundred meters and blast past you and you have nothing left because you've been doing more work. Marquez is that guy. His discipline is let's, I'll follow you all the way. And I just have a little more intelligence to not have to be flashy in order to take the fight. And that is the kind of tug of war between these two guys for me is sort of Pacquiao wants to go out front. I'm going to lead the dance and I'm going to find a way to beat you. And Marquez is the guy who's going to find a way to not be as flashy, not be as, as entertaining, but um, the smarter style that ultimately is, is the better style. Like more of a workhorse kind of style. Yeah. 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 And discipline, you know, Pacquiao Pacquiao becomes a much more disciplined fighter um, and a much more sophisticated fighter, but it's nothing compared to what Marquez is because Marquez doesn't have his athleticism. He doesn't have his reflexes, doesn't have his speed. Um, he had to overcome those things and be honest with himself about what he was lacking in order to find a style where he could outthink all of his opponents. And I mean, there's a reason why Marquez was never knocked out as a professional. You know, he he had the willpower and the intelligence to make adjustments if he got into massive trouble. Most guys can't do that because this is fucking life or death when you have to make these adjustments. It's not easy. So, yeah, this this second fight was a real tough one for him. I have it, you know, within a round or two, I gave it to I gave it to Pacquiao, but I wouldn't have a problem if it was another draw. Or, or even if if Marquez took it by a round. I mean, ultimately, yeah. you gave it, what was your score in the end? 114-113, Marquez. So, I mean, you know, like yeah. we're, we're and, right and and I had two, I think I had two rounds with asterisks on them uh, both ways. So yeah. it was like, you know what I mean? Like it could really go either way by a, a point or two or whatever. And I mean, the again, the overarching theme, they're just they're jigsaw puzzling dude you know they I, I don't know what to say they fit together um it's like Marquez is winning the majority of the rounds but the rounds that Manny Pacquiao is winning are far more emphatic far more damaging at this point and it's like you know if, if you were to score in a different set of rules like I brought this up before Pride FC Jap Japanese MMA organization they do rounds but they score the entire fight and they score the damage and you know the uh, the will to finish the fight and stuff like that that's Manny Pacquiao so anyway but this is boxing you score round by round yep makes it very close very 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 close so uh first fight 2004 second fight 2008 here we are 
fast forward 2011. I mean, a lot has happened, uh, but I think that you, what you were talking about earlier about Manny Pacquiao's development as a fighter, he's continuing to develop. Juan Manuel Marquez, for the most part, is still Juan Manuel Marquez. It's just that the weight has been changing, and we've had a couple years now of Manny Pacquiao's failed negotiations with Floyd Mayweather. And so there's that's kind of the undercurrent here is that, like, what does this mean toward a Floyd Mayweather fight for the third fight? Yeah, and, and the failed negotiations have a big part of that is Pacquiao's resume and and not just what it is on paper, but what it was to watch. You have, since the last fight, the De La Hoya annihilation, the Hatton destruction, Miguel Cotto, Margarito, Mosley. Uh, this is one of the, Pacquiao's willing to fight anybody, and when he fights them, he makes whatever Floyd did to those guys it, look very, very insignificant. And yeah. Floyd is aware of that, and Floyd's only excuse for that is he's cheating. They're playing this game at this time of one upsmanship. So they're both fighting roughly the same fighters or a lot of the same fighters and seeing who can outdo who, who can outsell who, who can get an upper hand in negotiations. And Floyd Mayweather, like you said, is kind of falling back on, well, he's on fucking PEDs, which he probably was, but nonetheless, he's using it as an excuse during negotiations. Yeah, he's saying you cannot move up and look like he's looking. You cannot be doing having those kind of results, not just winning, but blowing out yeah, crushing motherfuckers like that. I mean, Floyd barely beat Oscar. That was a really close fight. Um, Floyd did great against Hatton, but he's just not doing what Pacquiao is doing. The, the, the demolishing of these Hall of Fame fighters that Pacquiao is, is just running through. It's one of the great runs in the history of the sport. I mean, he is auditioning to be one of the all-time great fighters during this period of time before he fights Marquez in the third fight because you shouldn't be able to do this. Like, it was unprecedented in terms of the way he moved up from a guy who had to put some rocks in his pocket in order to qualify to be able to fight professionally because he was so small at the outset as a teenager, 15-year-old or something, um, to this guy now as a welterweight where you're just going... Nobody should be that that um, powerful, like that powerful, that fast. And, and how do you carry your power and get stronger, get more powerful as you're going bigger? It's it's totally unprecedented, and I agree with complete you. Complete mystery. Yeah, it's a complete mystery. No, I think he was absolutely doping. And, I mean, we know many, many people were at this time, right? That's that that that's where it's at and that's the people that's and not to just say that ends the discussion but it's kind of like you know there are a lot of people throwing stones in glass houses is all i'm going to say when it comes to yeah. this ped discussion especially at this time before awareness had really been raised about testing in boxing yeah and i mean if you look at how floyd was picking opponents and the scheduling in terms of when drug testing would have to happen if you get to if you know when it's going to happen and your other guy doesn't that is very useful. Yeah, then it's if not random. Be, it's not <laughs> random. So, no, I mean, I think, I, I think basically, I mean, Lance Armstrong told me, I asked him once when I was ghostwriting for him, if you didn't cheat, if you did not take drugs, could you have even qualified for the Tour de France? And he said, no, of course not. That is the difference. Anybody that with is, the money to beat the testing is. That's, that's it. 
anybody who has the money to beat the testing is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's where we are. We're on the exact same page with this. Uh, I mean, Mike Tyson having hair loss from stress when he's 21 years old. Okay. That is one of yeah. all of these like 36 year old fools coming in with like mad acne and they haven't had since they were 16. Like, come on, dude, get the fuck out. Yeah. Just, just, I mean, my, my litmus test is, is you can improve your body as an adult, but you can't hit puberty again at 35. You can't have all of a sudden you're peaking again in your late thirties. Yeah. Well, just like look at rapping when L cool J has this body that, you know, he figured out how to eat properly and put out a lot of anti-aging clinics. Yeah. There's a lot of anti-aging clinics. And when one guy starts to look like that and suddenly they all do. Oh, so genetics don't play any role in this. It's just, you know, getting, getting in shape. We've beaten nature. Yeah. So, so yeah, enough, enough of that shit, but yeah, anybody who wants to shit all over Marquez for his body transformation, in the fourth fight, which pisses me off still, you have to also recognize kind of leveling the the playing field. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so third, third fight, they are now, Pacquiao's 32, Marquez is 38. In terms of the pay disparity, Pacquiao is guaranteed 22 million for this fight. Marquez, 5 million. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, whatever. I'm not going to get into a fucking rant about that. But nonetheless, yeah, it's kind of, damn, damn. Yeah. But it also, it, I think, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I think that yeah. also goes to show you where I think people's minds were. Because, dude, uh, I think this was the fight where Marquez was a big underdog. Yeah. 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 And I mean, this one, this was probably my least favorite of the four fights. I mean, so I can kind of go through it a little bit quicker because obviously the fourth one is just so dramatic, but they come out again. Both are really tentative. Mm -hmm. It's a very Mm -hmm. close round. Pacquiao lands a couple of lefts to take it for me. Um, Mm -hmm. But but you're just like, could this be special? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was uh, close, but Pacquiao took it, but it was slower. Yeah, for sure. Much slower. Um, second round, neither are scoring much. Um, it seems they're both feeling each other out. So the big takeaway is the hope for Pacquiao fans is that new guy who's just gone on this run is going to be able to finally put Marquez behind him. Yep. And clearly he's not. <laughs> they, 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 these guys have a dynamic that Pacquiao is not able to transcend, even though he's clearly been doing it with all of these other people where it seemed as if he was climbing a much bigger mountain. Whatever it is about Marquez is just going to give him trouble forever. In the same way that Ali had these guys, Ken Norton was not a good match for him. Frazier was not a good match for him, which is weird when you see what Jerry Cooney could do to Norton or what Foreman could do to Frazier. But that's that's this thing about styles here so uh i have it even after the second round third round it still feels like a war of nerves uh marquez is just really conservative and and his offense is really only being implemented to create counter opportunities he's not taking not willing to take chances um for whatever reason this is the quietest stretch of the entire trilogy when Pacquiao ends the round. So you're just thinking, oh God, like what, where is this going? And um, and then Pacquiao ends the round with a hook, um, mm-hmm. which is the best shot of the fight. It stirs Marquez 
But I mean, I pack you up by one round, but it's suddenly looking like, oh, this is not going to be all that fun to watch. Yep. And then they trade rounds. I noted that in round four, uh, right toward the end of the round, they're still kind of doing a lot of jockeying for position and jabbing. And then at the end of the round, Marquez uh, winds up catching Pacquiao kind of off balance and turning him around, similar to how he did in the first fight, uh, which was probably his best work thus far. But, you know, there's a lot of just going back and forth, trying to figure out who's going to kind of strike first type of stuff. And, uh, I mean, overall the pace favors Marquez, but it's not, he's not really pulling out ahead like he had in those moments in the first two fights, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, for the next real three rounds, what I have noted is that there's just no spark between either of these guys to set a fire. And Pacquiao is doing something a little different in that, again, he's sort of like a pitcher who instead of just throwing as hard as he can all the time, or as goes as fast as he can, he's changing the speeds up which is disrupting the rhythm that Marquez is trying to time him. And it's effective, but it's certainly not dominating anything. Yeah. Um, these are it's not doing a lot of damage. No, they're quiet, quiet rounds. And I mean, even going into the seventh, um, Marquez lands this really beautiful roundhouse right 50 seconds in. Um, there's another nice hook mid round. He's avoiding making mistakes. He's being careful. And um, and disciplined. And um, Pacquiao has this move in the seventh, which is interesting because you see it a lot in promotional videos of Pacquiao going into fights where he does a kind of dance. It's like Barry Sanders with a sidestep. He comes forward and creates a completely new sharp angle to land a punch. He never did it in, in up until this point with Marquez. And it's weird because I've seen him spar or train probably, I don't know, 10 times or something in real life. He does it all the time, this little skipping motion where he juggles forward and he could either go to his right or go to his left. And he does it here and you just think, God, why wasn't he implementing this move more against Marquez? Because Marquez just bought it. And, and because he bought into it, he was wide open for, for a counter. Um, but uh I, I gave Marquez the seventh round. It's it's now a really close fight. I have it within a round. And the eighth is completely even. I thought Pacquiao stole it at the end of the round with, with a really nice shot. But both these guys, there's just so little separation with what they're doing um, going into the ninth for me. Like it's it's a it's a toss-up. Yeah, I think I have it through eight rounds. I want to say I have it uh six to Marquez, but with two rounds that I put kind of asterisks on that could have gone to Pacquiao. So you could have it, you know, four, four easily point being uh, it's pretty close, but there's, like you said, not a lot of separation, not a lot of like emphatic round winning uh, overall. And I think that overall Marquez is winning the cleaner shots. Uh, you know, he's landing the cleaner shots, landing the better shots, but Manny's probably throwing a little bit more, which I think I noted that too. And then at the end of the ninth round, I also, <laughs> the HBO commentators said pretty much the exact same thing, but they said it in a way that I didn't really understand what they were saying. Cause they were like, yeah, Marquez is landing better. He's landing cleaner, but man, he's just throwing more. So we think we should get the rounds. And I was kind of like, that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me how you're explaining it, but okay. But <laughs> you know, they, they were close though. A number of these rounds are very close. Um, it's just, yeah, I think that Generally on my card, I'm favoring the slight, slightly cleaner punching of Marquez. Yeah, and, and I think that's a totally fair way to go. And I think I'm 
favoring more that Pacquiao seems to want it more and is willing to take more chances to to risk losing. He 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 wants to win, and Marquez is there to take what he can get from what Pacquiao is doing. So I always give the edge in that to Pacquiao, but. But that's a subjective thing. Like, I don't disagree with what you're saying in terms of landing the better shots. I just think he's landing the better shots because of what Pacquiao is willing to risk to make this an interesting fight. And you should favor aggression. But but that's just how I, I don't know, I feel biased about it because I'm, I would be that way if I was fighting. So I'd want to be favored for aggression as opposed to being poised to to sort of pick somebody off the way Marquez is doing but but I also admire what Marquez is doing because it is it's just so technical like I mean it is just turning boxing into a chess game where there's blood involved if you make a mistake um so it, it's it yeah it's a form of of chess where just the risks are so much greater um 10th round it feels like mid-round a fight finally breaks out between these guys Pacquiao gets cut and at the same time, I thought Marquez gave away the round at the end mm-hmm. of the round because Pacquiao's just coming on. Yeah, he so rallied I, at the end, yeah. He did, and I just thought that Pacquiao has really poured it on to take very close rounds that, that Marquez could have won, but I didn't think he was willing to get caught. I still think he's a little bit haunted by if I get reckless in any way, um, I don't know that I can knock pack you out because i haven't been able to knock him down even so far and i've rattled him with some big shots and i know what's happened when i've gotten reckless almost every time i've been knocked down yeah when i get hit cleanly by this guy and i don't see the punch i go down so i'm not going to take that chance and so again i give pacquiao that credit narrowly in those rounds to put him up going into the 11th i have him up by four rounds um and I thought Pacquiao lands a really nice flurry after the first minute. Again, he's pouring it on. I think he wants to win more than Marquez. Um, Marquez lands midway, still really cautious, trying to preserve a lead that just isn't there. And I thought that was partly his corner to blame for that. I thought they, you know, depending on your philosophy of how you want to fight, you know, if you're wanting to fight another day, but in terms of this fight, I thought he should have at least acknowledged there was a possibility he was behind and, and taken more chances to try to win. We've seen many great fighters have to make that adjustment. Marquez wasn't willing to make that adjustment, whether it was pride in thinking, I have done enough to win and the judges should back my idea of how this fight has gone, or just denial about, you know, which which he should not be in denial because he's already had the, the previous two fights as a point of reference. So just too cautious for me. So, so I gave Pacquiao both of the last two rounds. So um, the last round being very close, but um, I think I gave it ultimately the set this fight four rounds to for Pacquiao over Marquez, but also many of them really close. If you scored it a draw, I would not contest it. I gave round 11 to Marquez. I thought he landed a few combinations in the last minute that Manny just kind of walked into. Um, but round 12, I gave to Manny because I just didn't think that Marquez opened up as much as he should have. And that, I mean, it was a slow round, but that Pacquiao was pressing and Marquez didn't throw enough basically. And I wound up scoring at 116, 112 for Marquez. But like I said, with two even rounds, 
if, or uh, with two rounds that could have gone the other way, that would be a draw. Yeah. I mean, and I think that my, my issue with Marquez performance in this fight, watching it back was that there were a number of rounds that he could have won that he t definitely could have taken emphatically or far more clearly. And one of the big issues was in the first two fights, um, he was opening up just enough to take these rounds. He fought too disciplined to fight in this third fight. He didn't open up nearly enough. He probably thought what he was doing was the right thing, that he was like, you know, fight on a straight line and just kind of, you know, keep it, don't open up, you know, don't get into a fight with this guy. You have to, you have to fight him off every so often to let him know that he can't just come in. And that's kind of what wound up happening, I think, in this third fight was that Marquez could have won on points. And if you gave it to him, cool, but that it's it's difficult to make the argument for him with the way that he fought. And then we move ahead to their last fight, December 8th, 2012. Uh, they're now Pacquiao's 33, Marquez is 39. Um, Angel Heredia has come into the mix, becomes the straw that stirs the drink in terms of Wanma's body being the big story of this fight more than anything. His body looks like a different body, not a better body than he had before. And you see it from the beginning that his punches have a kind of stiff added power that has not been there before. He's a, he's a precise puncher the way he punches in the, in the first three fights, but something is different. You know, it's sort of like Julian Jackson the just the way that his power is generated it's different than the explosiveness of a, a tyson or um or a lot of the big punch you know george you don't look at those punches and like foreman and go clearly that's like you can see what makes him powerful but there's something about the way that marquez is landing stuff it sounds different for one thing in the fourth fight so in the first round it's just really apparent that Pacquiao, this is the best version of Pacquiao that's shown up. He And the he most is, aggressive from the outset. Yeah, and, and as we are saying before about Tyson being a pressure counterpuncher, Pacquiao's head movement has never been more dialed in. And his feints, he's setting Marquez up in ways that he was never able to do, or never even tried in the first three fights. And Marquez is having trouble with it. He's not sure where things are coming from. And Pacquiao is now in position after he's thrown a first series to really set up a second or third series of counters as he's pressing offensively. And that's new. And that's a, a, a very rare, rarefied level of fighting. Um, and especially when you combine it with Pacquiao's tremendous athleticism and speed um, and power. I mean, a lot of guys have talked about just it's it's how many punches are coming in that are sharp, stiff punches from Pacquiao, as opposed to just driving power, sort of sort of like Wilder. So, um, so I just thought Pacquiao here is just outworking Marquez, and um, and his pressure is not this time removed from his recklessness. He's that's kind of breaking like. him down. Like, in my yep. opinion, that's kind of what it looked like, was that he's breaking Marquez down early. Yeah, so, I mean, I thought this was a really clear 10-9. I don't know who the hell would <laughs> see this and give it to Marquez. Mm -hmm. um, and Marquez's strategy, to, to me, when he sees, okay, this Pacquiao is the best one I've ever seen, I know I have some added power, is my counterpunch is going to be, and, and and there were videos that came out after he lands this knockout of the 21st century of him practicing that very shot. 
to me, Marquez's strategy was I'm going to bet one number on the roulette wheel, which is that eventually it'll hit. Yeah. Eventually it's going to hit because this guy is never going to stop pressing forward and giving me that opportunity. He's just going to like roll that roulette ball out. And and hopefully he doesn't knock me out before then. Yeah. 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 Oh, he's going to break my nose. He's going to do all this stuff. I know what's going to happen because I can't do anything about that. And I've never even faced this version of it, but eventually if he gets too confident, I have the perfect remedy to place all my money on that one number. And, and at first you just think, well, this strategy is a huge risk. It's the biggest risk of the entire. Uh, It looks like it's going to be a bust at first. It looks like it's going to be a complete, but just like anybody who would say my strategy is on, on number four, on black four on the table, I'm betting my house, you know, my, my mortgage on that. You'd say that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but when it hits, we see what happens there, but the Pacquiao is landing in the second one. Um, he lands a big straight left and his speed and defensive responsibility, which is a new component as well to his arsenal is just outdoing Marquez and his patience and his attempts to counter. Um, there are two more lefts that clip clip and back out Marquez, but you're just thinking, uh, like what can Marquez do against this guy? It, it's just not looking good. And, um, and and the other question that gets raised by the announcers, like last point on this, is is the chin of Marquez better to be standing from punches that put him down in the first fight, or is Pacquiao's power less? And I'm not sure what the answer is, but that was the big question that that seemed apparent from the second round. Is something is different, and. And I'm not sure. I mean, what what did you think? Do you think Pacquiao lost some of his power? Do you think Marquez just his chin got better as he had the assistance of Angel Heredia to help develop his jaw? Well, I think that it's it's a lot of a lot of it too is kind of like how Ricardo Mayorga used to say, like uh, like they would ask him like what what happens when you're like sticking your chin out and tell him hit you and stuff like that, and he's like it's a mind game. It's not it. My chin is not, it has nothing to do with my chin, which is not true. He had a good chin, but it's also that it's also that I can see the punches coming and I know they're coming. And if I know they're coming, I can brace for them and I'll be all right. And that's kind of how it looked like. Uh, It looked like Marquez was almost like Antonio Tarver against Roy Jones in the rematch. It's like he was saying, I know the punch is coming. I'm just going to absorb it and punch after it. I'm just going to absorb it and say, fuck it. Ah!" And, you know, as he's pulling out, I'm going to catch him eventually. And that's exactly what fucking happened. And I think that that's a lot of it. Um, is And also, you know, what did Uncle Ben say in Spider-Man with great power comes great immobility? Because Marquez wasn't moving like fucking at all. Yeah, you know, He couldn't move like in the first three fights. Uh, that added power and added weight definitely kept him in place. So like you said, I think that he had the right gamble. It just happened. It, it almost didn't happen in time. Uh, you know, uh, finally, after two rounds, Pacquiao was kind of beating him up a little bit. Uh, and then out of nowhere in round three, the shock overhand right catches Pacquiao. And I mean, it's the most hurt we've probably ever seen Pacquiao, apart from his early knockouts in his career, obviously, where like, you know, his eyes roll up in his head. He gets up and he's kind of he's got this look on his face like, oh, oh, like kind of got to like, you know, shake himself out of it kind of thing when he gets up. And it's like, oh, shit. I remember when that happened watching it live. I was like, oh, fuck, we got a fucking fight oh, yeah. here. Let's go. And, you know, after that, it did turn into a fight. It kind of devolved into a brawl. There wasn't a ton of strategy. You know, 
it, it really just kind of fell apart after that in a great way for us and a bad way for Marquez, at least ultimately in a good way. But in, in the meanwhile, man, it turned into a brawl and Marquez got his face just exploded. He was bleeding. He looked like shit, exhausted. This was going downhill for him very, very quickly after that knockdown. Yeah, it reminds me a bit of, of George Foreman and Michael Moore where at the end of that fight, Foreman's, oh, well, this is, of course, what I was trying to do the entire time was set him up for, for this shine. You're like, no, you were losing the entire fight. Yeah, you were this, trying to get your ass kicked for yeah, several rounds. No, you weren't. Come on. Yeah, this is a terrible strategy. Yeah, if you could have I mean, ended Mar this in a minute and a half, you would have. <laughs> yeah, come on. And Marquez's right hand, the one he lands, it looks like a discus thrower at the Olympics. Like, it's so wide and not particularly fast, but he set it up brilliantly. Yeah, he, it's like he like reaches out for it. He doesn't, you know, like it's go weird. straight. It's a really weird shot, but he did set it up very effectively to get Pacquiao to bite on something so he didn't see it coming. And I mean, there's two punches that Pacquiao does not see coming in this fight. The first one did that, and the second one did what's coming up in the sixth round. Um, but yeah, you have this great flurry at the end. You're right. It just devolves into... A, a total brawl um and in the fourth i thought the interesting question that's raised at that point is what's the psychological impact of that ko for both fighters not the ko rather the knockdown of the previous round is pacquiao going to change his style and adjust knowing oh this guy can hurt me now this guy has enough strength that if i don't see something coming what can what can happen and will this give marquez more confidence as he's being way more outboxed than he's ever been against Pacquiao um, to trust that his power can save the day, that he can actually get out of this thing and put the lights out of Pacquiao. So the fourth becomes a close round. Pacquiao lands a late round flurry, which was enough to hold off what I thought Marquez was effectively doing to try to steal the round. I thought Pacquiao just did just a little bit more that uh, very, very close round for Pac. And um in the fifth, Pacquiao is just sharp with his left. Uh, the speed just looks so fast, and he's setting up the speed with just crisp shots, and he drops Marquez where you just go, is this going to be another, uh, you know, are we finally going to get into a groove where it's going to flow from this? Um, and then Marquez lands a huge right counter as Pac closes in recklessly and they just start going toe to toe for the rest of the round, there's a brilliant left, right, a straight left and a jab that Pacquiao lands to hurt Marquez, but it also doesn't knock him down. And you can see Marquez's chin is different. This is, this is, these are shots that were putting him on the ground um, and just huge pressure at the end of the round. Pacquiao is, wanting to put this away and it looks like he's going to do it it looks like marquez has enough vulnerabilities how much blood has he been drinking from probably having his nose broken i don't remember if that was ever confirmed if his nose was broken do you recall i mean it sure looks broken and it's it bleeding sure like it's broken and but i mean it's it was like that in three of their four fights so i'm not really yeah, sure it's true uh, so I have going into the sixth and, and final round, Pacquiao's up three rounds on my scorecard. Same. Yeah, same score. Um, yeah, like I said, it, when we first started this episode, the fuse starts burning. That's really what happens. Like, it, it's it's kind of like both fighters have to make a choice in their 30s. Are they, all right, is this going to be a long, drawn-out brawl? 
are we just going to fucking end this now? And they chose the second. They both chose the second. They went they after did. the second option and they both, what happened happened, you know, like they, they both were kind of like, all right, this is, this is not going 12. We need to end this. Manny Pacquiao took a risk and he almost, it almost came, it almost paid off in that sixth round. It came very, very close. Marquez, if he's not, doesn't have a broken nose, he's like you said, drinking blood. He's not breathing well out of his nose at all. His mouth is wide open, which affects how you take punches, affects your jaw, et cetera, et cetera. Manny Pacquiao's closing in. He's a giant monster. Halloween's coming. Holy shit. And then right as it looks like Manny Pacquiao and they're screaming, he's hurt. He's got Marquez hurt. He's closing in. Bam. I remember watching that live. My my oldest daughter, who was like one or two at the time, is asleep in the other room, and I squealed, dude. But I tried to do it in a way that wouldn't wake her up. I was like, you know, it's like, oh, my God. And then that turned to, I think he killed him. Like, I, yeah. I literally for a moment thought, oh, no. And thankfully, you know, that was not the case. But yowza, yowza. Yeah, I remember I was on a deadline to write about that fight and I finished the whole thing and my editor said something's missing. You did you haven't given us that moment of the knockout. And I I'll just just it's just like one paragraph if you'll indulge me, but like it was like trying to fucking find that thing after eight frustrating years, four controversial fights, 42 contentiously scored rounds with over 500 punches landed for more than 1800 thrown after two grueling hours of opportunity under the spotlight. On December 8th, 2012, Marquez finally landed the punch of a lifetime against Pacquiao. It happened with just one second left in the sixth round of their mythic saga. Pacquiao charged forward to land one final blow before the bell and instead added his own momentum to Marquez's immaculately timed coup de gras right hand, which landed flush against Pacquiao's jaw. On TV, when the punch landed, Pacquiao's back was to the camera, and the reverberations of the impact were only detectable through the sudden jolt of Pacquiao's wet hair on the back of his head. I, I thought he'd slipped. <laughs> it looked really strange, and that's almost what it looked like. Like, he slipped and injured himself or something, because it was yeah. like he was just still and i was like what yeah i mean i i went to this thing about charlie chaplin that said a, a man on a banana peel from a distance is funny and up close it's it's horror and there was something about pacquiao where it's like his face looked like it was velcroed to the canvas you were just kind of like he, that man can't breathe his breathing holes are covered like it looked consumed in the canvas and uh yeah, there's and Mitt just, Romney in the background. Yeah, and his wife with his, like yeah, outstretched his hands. Yeah. Aram you know, and Jinky a couple rows back, freaking out, you know. Freaking no, I mean, we thought we'd seen the most famous man in the history of boxing killed. Like like it looked it looked like an assassination. It it's it looked it appeared that way for a few minutes. Yeah. And you know, the first place that America saw a guy get beaten to death was in a boxing ring that's the first human being that america ever watched get killed on live television and and it looked like you're actually going to see the death here not just the beating that would lead to a coma that would ultimately lead to that death that happened a yeah, few so days that later. there's some separation you know yeah. so there's some veil 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's no veil to this. This is not factory farming. This is bullfighting where you're going to watch the fucking thing get killed in front of you, like sacrificial um, situations. So, I mean, and and as we're saying, the momentum looked like it was going the other way. We were going to watch Marquez yeah, suffer some kind of iconic knockout. And suddenly we've seen by far the definitive knockout of the 21st century, one of the most iconic knockouts in the history of the sport. And it was just shock for uh, for a while. And then and then what happened moments after Manny Pacquiao came to and we realized he was okay, the memes flooded the internet and yep. for like days and days and days. And even still now, even still yeah, now. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And, and it was so interesting, as you said, like what Pacquiao was getting so dangerously on target with his shots leading up to it, like in a way that it, it never happened in the previous 40 odd rounds. Suddenly it was like Marquez cannot get out of the way of this guy. And Pacquiao is willing to risk everything to just fucking put this guy away. They both had this feeling of we need to get rid of the person in front of us, like like in. In, in bullfighting, a, a matador is always taunting the bull by getting in his space. Every animal has that space where when you encroach upon it, it's going to attack. It just can't deal mentally with the stress of something encroaching upon it. And there was something about both guys at the same moment were feeling that pressure and willing to just risk their lives to just get rid of this thing that was just causing so much stress on them. And... Ultimately, it looked like it was going to go one way, and it just spins into this. So it it, it still is is a knockout that stays with me as much or more than Buster Douglas putting away the invincible Tyson or or Tyson Fury with Wilder, which was amazing to watch as well. But nothing nothing quite like this. Like this was, was nuts. Yeah, just just not just as a symbol, but also if you had worked your way to it, <laughs> uh, it, it was even more just inexplicable. And and um, I mean, like they say in magic, like the ultimate way to deliver a magic trick is it's perfectly logical and completely surprising at the same time. It seems inevitable and yet it's inconceivable at the same time. This had that power of like um, uh, the ultimate kind of magic trick of, of a result. And it's still weird to watch because you're going into it. I'm still thinking, oh, wow, Pacquiao's going to knock him out at the beginning of the round, even though I completely know the end result. It's just bizarre. And even though we came here to talk about the fights themselves, just the extremely brief epilogue to this is that incredibly there was a fucking epilogue. I mean, are you kidding me? Manny Pacquiao's career should have been done 10 years, 11 years ago now, and it wasn't. It somehow was not. He still went on. And, you know, this wound up being, I think, an excuse for Floyd Mayweather to not fight him again for a couple of years. But nonetheless, he still went on and fought him. But, um, you know, huge knockout, huge end to their four fight series. And really between Pacquiao and Marquez, four fights, four unforgettable fights. And wow, the quadrilogy goes down in history, dude. I mean, apart from the knockout, the first three fights really could have gone like either way, man. Yeah, it 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 it's a magnificent kind of um just example of what the sport can do when you find two guys that are just so perfectly matched and yet it's so frustrating. It still feels frustrating to watch it and and 
I think both guys are made for each other, but it, I mean, it's not, it's its own version of Frazier Ali, you know, Indeed, where yeah. separate, they just, nobody has the chemistry that these two guys have. And sometimes, you know, and I think that's true of uh, Fury and Wilder. I don't see Wilder as an exceptional heavyweight or, or like people comparing that to Ali Frazier. No, it's not. It's more like Foreman Lyle. These guys, Foreman Lyle is amazing to watch. You could show it to anybody who doesn't even like boxing and it's so dramatic, but it doesn't mean that it's the most important fight. It just means like it's one of the most exciting. And these guys, it's important and exciting and has so much to, to what it, to what the sport can offer. I, I, there's not a lot and high level too. Yeah. Yeah. At a, at a high level. So, yeah. So this was, this was fun. We appreciate everybody who listened in and paid attention. Thank you so much, Bryn. Thanks for doing the homework. I appreciate you, man. Uh, everybody who listened in via the podcast, thanks again. And go ahead and subscribe, whichever podcast app you subscribe through. We appreciate that. Give us a rating, comment, all those things. If you watched on YouTube, hello. And thank you so much. Subscribe there as well. Leave a comment. We'll try to answer back. As far as social media goes, at least for the time being, we are on Twitter. Uh, go ahead and follow my boy Bryn at Brynicio, B-R-I-N-I-C-I-O. Follow me at boxing history we're also on facebook and instagram the knuckles and gloves podcast that is so see us there bren we'll talk soon bro thanks so much you got it this was fun thanks man peace everybody